well, be prepared to do lots and lots of things, I guess. Well, it's going to depend on how much money you have coming in, but, um, you know, get used to legal, get used to accounting, get used to HR, uh, all the things that you probably never had to think about at a job before, get used to it. Um, and um, I would say, you know, those are the things that you may or may not love doing. I think a lot of people maybe go into uh, starting a business because they're doing something they love and hopefully that carries them through, but you're going to do a lot of things you don't love in the process. So just be prepared for that. And um, I think be prepared for dealing with people. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast. Um, Ari leads and uh, Ari started his journey in high school wanting to be an architect and then uh, went off to college started studying uh, architect and decided to switch over to uh, mechanical engineering um, graduated worked for a big firm for about three years and then uh, started a or they or started automating his own job and so uh, worked himself out of a job so to speak and moved over into the software space and uh, worked for a, a few startups and small businesses about uh, switching between or switching about every two to three years and did a, a number of uh, software and uh, project uh, management jobs and then decided uh, had gathered enough skills to start his own business and so uh, started his own uh, salesforce business in 2019 and been growing and expanding it since then so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast Ari. Thank you. Thanks Devin. Thanks for having me. Good Absolutely. good uh good recap there. Absolutely. To take a, a much longer journey and condense it in the 30 second version of it. So yeah. now with that, uh, why don't uh, we uh, rewind and unpack a little or unpack the journey a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about uh, how your journey got started uh, wanting to go into architecture in high school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, in high school, I I definitely loved architecture, thought it was the end all, um, the best field. You know, if you're a, a Seinfeld fan, it's like a George Costanza. I don't know if you've, you know, the ar architect was the, the top level for me. Um, and I did a lot of like architectural drafting, AutoCAD in high school, you know, tech folk stuff, got really into it. Um, but yeah, then uh, once we got into the actual education aspect of it, there was a lot of art history things that I wasn't so into at the time. Maybe wasn't mature enough to appreciate at the time. But uh, yeah, mm. it ended. It ended pretty quickly after I started studying it in college. So now you say, okay, go into the, you know, and I think that a lot of people have the experience. You go into college thinking you're going to do one thing, you get into it different than what you anticipated so you kind of switched directions and so uh, you switched over from architecture to I think uh, mechanical engineering is that right yeah I had a couple of years off in the middle find myself years but yes I, I did get switch over to mechanical I, I you know I was a science and math guy I liked structural logical type things um, and I really enjoyed studying that actually so that um hmm. I stuck with that th through throughout college uh, and into my first into my first job. 
Awesome. So now it sounds like, so the first job went well, um, you know, and you say you came out or I guess coming out of school uh, started to go well. Then you started to automate, whether it's they automated you out of a job or you automated yourself out of a job, but kind of just walk <laughs> us through um, kind of how that automation took place. Yeah. So, you know, this was a, kind of the opposite of the architecture stuff. It was great in school. And then when I got out into the real world, I, I realized um, you know, what I was really working on was probably, I don't know, three months of one semester of one course became what I did every day in reality. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started saying, okay, there's a lot of patterns here. Um, what can we do? All started with putting together spreadsheets and, you know, layering and layering and, and figuring out how can I kind of... Um, automate all these calculations. It's all calculations and drawings, calculations and drawings. Um, I was actually, uh, we were building coal-fired power plants at the time and I was, I was building suspension systems. And, uh, you know, I was pumping out a lot of suspension systems, a lot, a lot of calculations, a lot of drawings. So I try to figure out how can we take the data that I received to do my job and have a mechanism for taking that data and, and spitting out what I have to deliver, which is essentially drawings and and uh, paperwork. Um, so I started really diving into that, almost becoming obsessed with it in my cubicle when no one, no nobody was really looking. And I had a, a taking these numbers and having them automatically generate three um, D CAD files, so three D computer uh, graphics uh, and blueprints. Uh, coming out the other side. Um, mm. And um, I don't want to say I automated myself out of a job. I'd say I automated myself into the next job. They they were happy with me there, but I said, you know, this is what I got to be doing. Uh, I got to be writing code. I've got to be automating. Um, I don't want to be stuck just just with this. So now, no, and I get it. And I, I mean, automation can be interesting, fun. You get it set up and then it kind of uh, or quickly wanes. And, you know, there's only so many things you can automate before you don't need to automate anymore before it comes, uh, you know, a bit monotonous. And so you do that for a period of time. And then I think you switched over uh, more into the software space and started working yeah. for kind of startups and small businesses. So kind of uh, walk us through a little bit of uh, that phase of the journey. Yeah, so I went over to a small uh, startup software company. Um, really, um, if you can imagine, you know, we're we're pulling all nighters, sleeping on the couch at the office, a bunch of young guys in their twenties, uh, writing code all day long, um, and uh, so that's where I went. I actually took my mechanical engineering firm that I had worked for. They became a client. They mm. they said, "No, we want you to finish some of these projects." Uh, so they. This is that was helpful, um, but yeah, that was it was a it was a grind, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just a bunch of a bunch of friends basically working on projects, making very little money, but you know, learning an absolute ton in the process. Um, and that was really where I got my um, I moved from kind of the experimental mode that I was in when I was kind of doing things on my own to being surrounded by professionals in software engineering. Um, and really getting more of what I would call my formal education in software development uh, at this place. 
Awesome. So now you, you do that. Now, what was the walk us through a little bit? What were those? So you did some or did because I think when we talked a little bit before, you you know, you had the startups and the small businesses that you started to work for. You switched between them every two to three years, <laughs> got different skill sets, different experience. And uh, kind of walk through that. Now, what were some of those uh, different startups and small businesses that you did work for? Yeah. So a- after this place, I actually went to. Um, so I, I ended up kind of you know, running, run, this place ran its course after a few years, you know, I, I, I had a kid coming, I had kind of changed gears a little bit, went to my first Salesforce consultancy. That's where I actually got introduced to Salesforce platform um, and started doing software engineering work for them, building automation for all kinds of businesses. Um, So these businesses were my clients at the time. So I was learning project management, learning a new technology, um, Salesforce, was, oh my God, this is so much easier than what I was used mm. to doing. It's like a, it's like a box of Legos. I can build stuff even faster. It's like a kit. So I, I kind of worked my way through that. And then I bounced over, uh, to, um, uh, a company called CloudLock, which, you know, ultimately it was acquired by Cisco when I was there. Mm. Um, but, uh, I was there, I was, you know, probably the 45th, 50th employee there, uh, while they were growing. And I went to product management there. So product management, um, you know, you're really, it's a little bit less technical. You're, I'm not writing as much code. I still did because I, I kind of said I wanted to keep doing some of that, but there was a totally different set of skills that came in with product management, especially versus project management or engineering, which is thinking deeply about problems more than thinking deeply about solutions. Engineering can be very solution oriented. Um, product management uh, was this new skill set that really asked, asked you to think, what about people, people problems? Um, you know, we're really just thinking deeply again about the market problems and problems you're trying to solve. And then saying, putting those problems out in front of a team of engineers or developers and saying, you guys hmm. start solutioning, but this is the problem we need to solve. And so it was a, a new kind of top-down approach to thinking that I had learned there. So it was a very, very valuable experience. But after uh, Cisco bought us out, um, I found myself kind of searching for the next thing. I hung around for a little bit. um, But then I went, uh, sort of swung back to the technology side um, and had my first executive experience. I became CTO for this energy company. Um, we ran everything on Salesforce. So again, I had Salesforce back again in my life and I was running technology stacks. Um, and, uh, it was, but I got a whole new view again. You know, I got, I'm sitting next to the CEO. I am answering directly to the CEO for the first time, really, um, thinking more about people and process and, you know, strategy versus tactics. Um, so it was just another, uh, you know, experience to build uh, another building brick really uh, in my whole path. Um, Mm. I did have one brief stop after that. I jumped over a company called Tufin, another cybersecurity company, uh, back into product management. I, I, I had um, been, I wasn't actually searching. I was, I was recruited pretty hard. Um, They got me at the right time. I was missing the software world. I was in the end, I was doing software development, but I was in the energy world. And um, I had missed the, let's, let's face it, software conferences are probably the most fun. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to one, but they're in Vegas, they're in San Francisco, they're in Atlanta, um, there's huge parties. Uh, the software world's exciting. It's the SaaS startup world. Um, 
So that that kind of drew me back. But after a very short, less than a year stint there, I kind of realized I had made a mistake and it's time for me to be on my own. And that's mm. kind of the really fast version of all the little bits that I, you know, I try to pick up along the way to to starting my own business. So now, so you kind of pick up those along the way, get the experience, you know, or work on the different aspects and different areas and kind of get a number of projects or project management jobs and software and do that. Now, as you're deciding, okay, had enough of that, or I want to go my own course or go my own direction or captain my own ship. How did you kind of decide what you're going to do or how did you settle on what you're going to do? Is it just culmination of, Hey, I'm going to take all the skills I learned and start my own firm, or is it I'm going to start as a side hustle or start it on the side as a consultancy? Or kind of walk us through a little bit of how you decided to uh, branch out and uh, start your own thing. Yeah, so I knew I think from the time I was a kid that I always wanted to have my own business. It was, you know, I didn't know what the heck it was going to be, but I knew that's something I wanted. And and all through my career, I knew I eventually wanted to, um, but I never, you know. While I was younger, I still felt like I had a lot to learn in different areas, um, which is why I kind of kept um, moving throughout. But there was this common thread ever since I joined that first Salesforce consultancy back in the early 2000s. Um, it had become this common thread technology throughout, um, either as a partner or an implementer, um, solutioner. There was this common thread. I'd worked with their product management teams. Um, I'd worked with their engineers. I'd been an engineer. Um, and it was definitely something I really enjoyed doing. It was, you know, it was like a toy that I was playing with. Um, and I wasn't always using it the same way. I was only a consultant for a few years, but I did keep um, throughout the years, I'd have a couple side side hustles with it. I did have some um customers that I'd give them three, four hours a week, uh, mm. nights and weekends type of things. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I said, all right, I've, I've kind of exhausted this last job. I, I kind of feel like I got everything I wanted along the way. Maybe now's the time. So I called up some of these side hustles. I said, Hey guys, you know, if I was available more, would you use me more? Um, you know, I really had to secure a few things. Um, I didn't have any, you know, money to invest really. And, um, you know, not in a secure way anyways to, to just, you know, ship off. So at least with the services business, um, if you have some jobs lined up, it's different than when, you know, you're not, I'm not trying to take a product to market that I need a year and millions of dollars of R and D to get it off the ground. Um, so I knew I could start something in the services side if I had a few commitments and I did. And I've always wanted to use that as a, um, yeah, a, a factory of ideas to create product. Cause I do, um, I do also like taking product to market as well, but that's kind of how it, it happened. And, uh, October, 2019, it, it kind of, um, everything fell into place to make it possible. So I pulled the trigger. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it was a good transition and kind of a step through that. And so that is the nice, if you have the right skill set and the right services, as opposed to a lot of 
heavily product-based businesses that oftentimes require a, a large investment and uh, a lot of uh, inventory or a lot of you know physical location, a lot of other things. When you're going in the service-based business, it's sometimes a bit easier, at least on that front end. Not that any of the startups are easy, but at least easier <laughs> yes. um, to, to get that started. So now you get that started, I think around 2019, and then walk us yep. through kind of how did it go? Did it was it a rocket ship to the top where you just made more money than you knew what to do with? You were teetering on the Bay Air verge of bankruptcy and never knowing how you're going to pay your next bill or somewhere in between. But uh, walk us through a little bit of how it went. You know, so it went a little. It went really well at first. So I got those two signups at first. I got the commitments. That okay, it was. It was the right amount of money to fully supplement the amount of money I'd been making before and to cover my benefits. Um, so it, and it, it progressed slowly. It, it, in, you know, it was very comfortable. I would say there was no big fright and there was no big, you know, taking off like a rocket. Um, it was a slow progression. It got to the point where I, I ended up adding one or two more customers made my first hire, which was extremely scary. Oh my God, I have to pay somebody else so much money every month. How is this possible? You know, the, the biggest transition is thinking about dollars with more zeros on the end and moving them in and out. Uh, you know, mm. it's a lot different than personal money that took some adjusting. Um, but uh, yeah, then we, we incrementally took off that first year. And then in year two, we absolutely skyrocketed. Um, but it, it honestly was a little bit, um, you know, not super organic. It was almost like we were we were closing deals that we probably should, we were out of our league, let's say. We were, we were really closing some big deals and um, it, uh, it absolutely took off, but you know, go fast forward another year, even after that into 2022, and we hit some really hard times. Um, market shifts, people cutting budgets back, um, which you know, it directly affected us. And uh, yeah, there were some, a lot of sleepless nights uh, in 2022. So we've had a roller coaster ride, I, I think probably like a lot of companies. Um, but, you know, luckily now we're, we've uh, taken a lot of lessons learned. We're kind of creeping back up and uh, we're doing, doing great. Well, that's awesome. Sounds like, you know, I think that there's always a bit of that evolution. You know, one of the things that's always interesting, uh, you know, $500,000 in a personal amount. Hey, I'd take it. And it's, you know, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like a much bigger. And then you get into business and you're seeing invoices, you're seeing payroll, you're seeing uh, all those other things. And, mm. you know, that comes in, you're still grateful for it. Don't get me wrong, but it has a much different perspective and different outlook. And you have to kind of make that mental shift and a bit of that adjustment uh, accordingly. Oh. So, oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw 100 grand in one month in revenue wow this is incredible until two weeks later where i had a stroke of check for like 85 grand to cover all my costs yep that's exactly and it's it's fun to see it come in and then it's uh sad to see it go out but it's uh part of the business so yeah yep Awesome. Well, uh, so well, now as we've uh, reached the present day of the journey, and uh, and uh, it's always a great time to transition to the uh, two questions I always like to ask towards the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. Uh, so the first question I'd like to ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? So um, I, you know, I think I have kind of a blanket answer to this, because there's so many bad decisions along the way that you all, you know, that you learn from. 
Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's small things, but I'd say the biggest one that stands out, I would go back to my 2022 year and I'd say my biggest mistake is being too comfortable and not thinking um, that anything could ever go wrong. I kind of got into, when we were doing so well, I got so comfortable with where the business was. I really stopped, I think, trying to to continue to push it forward because it was, it had so much momentum. Mm. Um, but because I didn't keep trying to push it forward, when the momentum was gone, I had, I had nothing after that. I had no nothing lined up. I had no plan. Um, I I'm overstating it, of course. I mean, I was. It's not like I was relaxing. I was still working very hard, but I was working very hard on what was in front of me, not on what was next. Hmm. Um, and as kind of the leader of the company, um, of a small company, it's easy to get sucked into what's in front of you. You have a million things you have to do. You have to work with clients directly. Um, but, uh, you have to make time to work on the business, not just in the business. And, um, I think that was my, you know, the, the biggest thing I learned and my biggest mistake because it, it caused me a pain for a number of months. Um, but ultimately it's a lesson learned and, hmm. you know, we move forward. No, I think that's, uh, certainly a, an easy, uh, mistake to make, but a definitely a great one to learn from. So, and, uh, always, uh, great that you can learn from it and move forward. So second question now that I like to ask you, so now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Like if they're starting it themselves? Absolutely. Sure. We'll take it from yeah. that perspective. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, be prepared to do lots and lots of things, I guess. Well, it's going to depend on how much money you have coming in, but, um, you know, get used to legal, get used to accounting, get used to HR, uh, all the things that you probably never had to think about at a job before, get used to it. Um, and um, I would say, you know, those are the things that you may or may not love doing. I think a lot of people maybe go into uh, starting a business because they're doing something they love and hopefully that carries them through, but you're going to do a lot of things you don't love in the process. So just be prepared for that. And um, I think be prepared for dealing with people. Um, you're not just going to be, I, I, again, it's, it depends what you're doing. You're not just going to be heads down tinkering with something. Most likely you're, you're going to have to deal with lots of people and lots of difficult situations. Um, so you want to basically make sure um, you're present, you don't get too overwhelmed, um, and you make sure every, you realize everything's just a moment in time on your journey. Um, mm. It's There's been there's so many times you could just uh, say, this is just too much, but if you just got to stay back, keep, keep your head clear, um, and, and push forward. So don't give up. <laughs> That is, a, that, I think that's a truism when you get started uh, down the down the journey that uh, you're going to have times where you wonder if you make a mistake, whether you should have been doing this, whether you should go back to what was comfortable or easy in quotes, and, uh, and then uh, having that attitude of, hey, it doesn't mean that you're always right on the front end, doesn't mean you don't have to pivot or adjust or otherwise, right. uh, you know, do something a bit different. But I think the the mentality of not giving up and uh, and taking that as the the mantra is going to get you through a lot of those hard times. So I like that as a takeaway. So 
Well, with that, now as we, as we uh, wrap towards the end of the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you can go to the website. It's uh, just leadsource.com, L-E-E-D-S-S-O-U-R-C-E. Uh, there's a contact us page. I get all those emails. I get copied on all those emails uh, along with some other people. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Very easy to find me there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite responsive as, as long as it's not uh, filled with in-mail. But yeah, hit me up on uh, become my become my friend or you know my connection, I guess is what you call it on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, yeah, those, those are probably the best ways. Awesome. We'll definitely in, uh, encourage people to reach out, make a new connection, support a great business. If nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So <laughs> with that, thank you again, Ari, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now for all of you, their listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be guests on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe leave us a review helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success and on that note if you ever need help along your journey with patents trademarks or anything else with the startup or small business just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat we're always here to help well thank you again ari for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last appreciate it thanks